I'm Chip Freud, and this is the Artist Spotlight, conversations with contemporary artists based on five simple questions that explore the artist's journey, creativity, and sources of inspiration. Welcome to another episode of the Artist Spotlight podcast. I'm Chip Freund, and today I'm joined by Patricia Buchanan. Patricia is an award-winning fine jewelry artist who works predominantly in the medium of beading jewelry, featuring gemstones, and Swarovski crystals. Her work has been exhibited from Ohio to Florida and many points in between. Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chip. I'm delighted to be here. Well, this is going to be a fun conversation. We've known each other a little bit through our relationship at the uh, Cary Gallery of Artists, but really haven't um, gotten to know you and and what's behind your work. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Uh, But uh, as we do in each episode, before we roll into our five questions, can you tell us a little bit about a, a project maybe you're in the midst of or something you just finished that the audience might be interested in knowing about? Well, at this time of year, I've started thinking about the holidays. So I've got some ideas for Halloween. That's always a, a big uh, holiday for me and for uh, Christmas. And that's always a fun time, getting special pieces ready for those. And I've just finished one of uh, the biggest projects I, I have done, and that's uh, creation of a book of my jewelry and my daughters encouraged me to do this. So it's a collection of over a hundred or so of the pieces I've done, along with some of the folklore associated with gemstones. People have always been intrigued and attributed uh, mystical qualities and even medicinal qualities or healing properties to gemstones. Um, And through the years, I've, I've just, learned a little bit of that folklore and I've shared it in this book. So I'm excited to have that in the works as well. Oh, that's great. What's the title of the book? The book is For the Love of Gems. And I've always liked uh, pretty jewelry. And there's something really comforting and even magical about holding something in your hand that that was actually created by the earth itself. Mm. Oh, that's a great point. Humanity has been entranced, if you will, by gemstones since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about things that are potentially hundreds of millions of years old, yet here we are holding them. uh, And they can be just fascinatingly beautiful. And the way you've put them to use in your work is it it makes highlights that in in a wonderful way. So thank you. Well, thank you for the kind words. My favorite question, and the first one that comes off of our our list each episode, is what is your earliest memory of making art of any kind? The earliest memory I have is uh, when I was about nine years old, and I spent a lot of time with my grandmother growing up, and she was always doing something. She liked to uh, uh, crochet and knit and uh, do embroidery. And I was fascinated by that. You could take a piece of cloth and some colorful thread and make a beautiful picture. And she taught me how to do that. And I, I don't do as much today, but, but I still do some of that, that along with the other things that I do. It brings me a lot of pleasure to do something that uh, at the end, it's something I enjoy. And then it can also bring comfort and joy to someone else. Mm. 
That's a great point. So uh, you're currently a, a beaded jewelry artist. What brought you to that medium and, and why? While I was still working and before I left the workplace, I started thinking about what I would like to do uh, once I didn't have a job anymore. And like I said earlier, I've always liked pretty jewelry. So I decided to start a website and begin selling sterling silver and gemstone jewelry. Uh, so I did that until the time I retired. And my husband thought it would be fun to do jewelry shows. And so we started traveling and that's when we would, uh, he would schedule the shows with the promoters and we would go as far uh, north as Ocean City, Maryland. And then we would do all the points in between down through Clearwater and Sarasota uh, and just had a, a wonderful time. We met uh, a lot of vendors who sold beads and other jewelry components, as well as uh, the beautiful cabochons. The, uh, there were lapidarists that we met that did the rock cutting and learned about their process. And I just fell in love with beads. If you look at them closely, they are little works of art. So that's where I started making the jewelry myself. And after my husband passed away, I, I couldn't do the shows anymore because uh, you're actually carrying around a bunch of rocks and they're very heavy. <laughs> and the lights and the cases. So uh, I started looking for another venue. And that's when I joined Terry Gallery Barda. That's how I came to be there. Well, that's an interesting story. Thank you. So as you're working with the gemstones and crystals, what inspires your art? How do you go from a collection of, of stones and, and wires and findings on your works top to a finished piece? Where does that inspiration come from? The inspiration can come from just about anywhere. And I think artists especially are more living in the moment. They're, they're very aware of their surroundings. And I do look at the jewelry that other people wear, what interests them. And if they have an especially striking piece, I think about what I like about it. Is it the color combination or did they use a new material or have they incorporated a technique that I haven't seen before? Uh, so I'm very interested in how people are, are actually using jewelry. Sometimes they wear it differently on their body. I noticed a young woman this past weekend at a festival, and she had a very long necklace on, but instead of just draping it around her neck, she had it uh, around her neck and then under her arm so that it almost looked like it was a purse at first, but it's just the way she was wearing the necklace. So it was very pretty from the front and the back. And once you get the inspiration, then uh, sometimes I, I just think about that idea for a long period of time, thinking, what do I have currently that I could use with, with that uh, idea? And that's the longest part of the process for me, is actually, once I have that thought, then how do I make that a reality? And, and which, you know, which pieces should I combine? And, and which colors. So I go back and forth on that a lot. And when I actually sit down to make the piece, it doesn't take much time at all because I've done all this going back and forth for a long period of time sometimes. And 
in that process do you do you sketch things out do you sort of move the component pieces around and see what looks good together what's what's that process look like yeah i have something called a bead board and and i do uh lay the pieces out how i think they will they should look and sometimes they'll look really nice on the bead board but then when you actually put them on the beading wire they look different uh, because of the weight of some of the pieces so you're just constantly redoing that and I want the jewelry to feel really comfortable while the person's wearing it and so that's another aspect once I have things put together uh, I'll try them on I don't some artists wear their jewelry uh, when it's not being shown and I never do that I feel as I'm making the piece that is being made for a particular person. Mm -hmm. And I try to picture them. Uh, so this piece is, it's gonna be worn by the person it's made for. Uh, I, I don't do that. Interesting. And I, I was sp speaking to a, a 2D artist a while back who when she approached her canvases, she had that sort of same mindset of I'm not just making this uh, painting that I'm inspired to make. I'm actually making it for someone, and mm -hmm. I just haven't met that person yet. But they might be like this, and has that image in their mind as they went about the actual creative process. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm fortunate enough to be uh, in the gallery when someone buys one of my pieces. It's it, to me, it's just very satisfying to watch that person realize that piece is for them. They, they will say, you know, I just have to have that. There's something in the piece that really attracts them. It just may take a while to find that person. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's a, a key thing that I've learned as an artist. You got to make the art you love, and then it's just a matter of finding the other people that love it too, uh, rather than trying to make art you think other people will like. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is sort of a nice segue into the question number four is what advice would you give an artist beginning their journey to a new artist i would advise them to be kind and patient with themselves uh, all of us start from a point of not knowing and we have to learn and refine and we go through this period of time when we're looking at what other artists do and thinking about what things we like and what we don't like and why that's true. And as we start making our own pieces, some of them are going to be pretty bad. And I do keep some of my early pieces just, just as a reminder of how much I have learned and how much other people have helped me. So I would, I would just encourage them to not expect a lot too much of themselves because everybody has to learn and they should also understand they're never going to be satisfied with that finished piece there's always going to be something they think they should have done differently or they would like to change about it but it's done and it's time to move on to something else mm, that's an important one it's an interesting topic that comes up uh, as i've talked to other artists is how do you know when a piece is done for me, <laughs> uh, that's a hard decision sometimes because after you've worked on a piece for a while and you've tried a lot of different combinations, uh, 
sometimes there's just a feeling there's something missing. And so you keep looking and other times uh, I really do feel uh, very happy with it. it. It's, you know, it's very pleasing to look at and it's something I would use myself. So that's usually my criteria. If it's something I would use, um, then um, I'm done. Excellent, excellent. And uh, our last question is, uh, what artist or artists, if you can't narrow it down to just one, should we go and check out and why? The artists I use most often are uh, Lampwork glass artists. I use their focal beads uh, quite often as the central point of my designs. And I will use, I use complementary beads to that focal. And two of my favorites are a young woman named Stephanie Goff. She has uh, beads by Stephanie on Etsy. And the other one is uh, Victoria Vate, who is a Russian lady that I found on, um, on uh, the Facebook. And both of them, you, they're very high quality and beautiful designs. They're very unique. Uh, the other person I would recommend um, is Kelly Jones, who's in the UK. She does a lot of YouTube videos and she teaches uh, wire wrapping. She, she's a very good teacher. She's very uh, calm and she doesn't rush. She gives in these free videos, she teaches you the very basic technique and she's showing you very slowly. So you can follow what she's doing. And I think they're all three just excellent. And I've used them a lot of time. Well, those are some wonderful recommendations and resources too. It's, it's sort of a, a, a double bonus there. Well, that brings us to the, the end of this episode. And wow, we just zipped through this. It's just been a, a fun little romp through your creative process, Pat. And if folks want to check out your work, number one, they can see it in person at the Cary Gallery of Artists in lovely downtown Cary, North Carolina. And they can also find your work on your website, which is bracelets2, that's T-O-O.com, and bracelets2 on Facebook. And I believe you're also on Instagram at Gemini617 underscore one. That's correct. As with each episode, I will have links to all of Pat's online resources and her gallery, as well as to each of her recommended artists in the show notes. And of course, there'll also be a link to Pat's book included as well. Pat, thank you for being on the show. And it's been a pleasure getting to know you a bit better and a little bit more about your art. Thank you so much, Chip. All righty. And tune in next time as we spotlight another contemporary artist. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Artist Spotlight with Chip Freund. Find accompanying blog posts at chipfreundphoto.com slash blog. And you may subscribe to our show on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like listening.